Hello everyone, it's Mark Goodacre here. Welcome to the MT Pod. Long time no see. It's episode 100 and today we're going to be asking if there are new ways through the maze. Yeah, it's been a really long time since I've had a chance to get the microphone out and record an episode. It's been over a year, in fact. Apologies for that. I blame the fact that I've been spending lots of time in administration at uh, university, and now I've got time to get back to the things I really enjoy, like podcasting, like being in the classroom, like doing research, like writing, and so on. And with it being episode 100 of the NT Pod, I asked on Twitter and on Facebook whether there are questions that people would like me to try and answer in this episode. And I was going to do a whole episode of Q&A, but there was one particular question that I like so much that it needs its own podcast. So that's what I'm going to answer in this one. And then I'll hold off some of the other questions for future episodes, if that's okay with you all. And the question was from Andy Mickelson, uh, who on Twitter is at Ancient Bald Guy. And he says that he's a big fan, thank you very much, of my open access book on the synoptic problem. And he asks if, after more than 20 years of it being out there, are there any major things that I would change, add or nuance? Now, what Andy is talking about there is a book that I wrote in 2001 called The Synoptic Problem, A Way Through the Maze. And this book was a kind of introductory book for readers that were not familiar at all with the concept of this synoptic problem. I wrote it because at the time I didn't like, I have to confess, the book by Stein, which was called The Synoptic Problem, An Introduction. I didn't like it mainly because it advocates for the Q hypothesis, which I am not as big a fan of as some people are. And the thing that Stein does in that book is he introduces the synoptic problem by introducing the two-source theory. And my feeling has always been in teaching that you introduce the problem first and then you look at potential solutions to it. And I wanted to write a book along those lines where I introduced the problem, actually set out the data, and then tried as fairly as I could to represent the views of other scholars from the major solutions, ending the book without any apologies on this, with my own view, which is that Luke knew Mark's gospel, Matthew knew Mark's gospel, but that Luke also knew Matthew's gospel, and so there was no cue. So I wanted to kind of do the thing differently. Now, the book was really not very successful in its printed format at all. It came at a really bad time because it was the one of the very last publications of Sheffield Academic Press, which had just been bought up by Continuum. So the book kind of fell through those cracks, and I was always a bit disappointed that nobody really seemed to be reading it or doing anything with it. And in my contract, I was actually given the right to do whatever I wanted with it uh, once it hadn't been uh, reprinted or anything like that or reissued. So I consulted with people at Duke University who very kindly helped me to get the whole thing online. And that's why in his question, Andy, that, that Andy asked, he talks about the open access version. Basically, it's just a, it's just a, like, like an e-book. So you, you can actually read the book as it appears uh, on, as it appears originally in print. Now, the the, the the funny thing is, um, it's many years now that it's actually been online. You can go to archive.org to find it, or you just go to my homepage at markgoodacre.org and, and you can find it there. And it has had lots of readers over the years, and I often get 
encouraging comments about it. But the question that Andy asks is, is, is an interesting one because I actually have been thinking about what I would do if I revised the book. Uh, and I think I do want to do that. I think I do want to revise the book. When I started thinking this myself was actually recently, uh, back in the summer of 2021, during the pandemic, while I was in quarantine, I began writing a piece that's very similar to it for the New Oxford Bible Commentary at the request of David Lincecum and Jane Heath, two of the people involved with that project. And uh, I wrote the piece there called The Gospels in Synopsis for, for the original Oxford Bible Commentary. It had been written by Henry Wandsborough, who was actually one of my teachers and, in fact, uh, my uh, one of my doctoral examiners when I uh, did my uh, DPhil in Oxford. And um, they asked me if I would write the piece, The Gospels in Synopsis. And the piece that I've written is actually almost as long as A Way Through the Maze. And, of course, I wanted to write something different from A Way Through the Maze. So I had to reconceptualize how I would do it. And there were several things that I've done in that piece. It's not published yet. I'm hope They're hoping that it'll be out sometime in 2024 or 2025. But there are several things that I do in that piece that I, I, I liked and I think I would incorporate into any future revision of Way Through the Maze as well. One is lots more synopses. I, I did put quite a few synopses in Way Through the Maze, but I put loads more in the New Oxford Bible commentary piece and lots more diagrams and lots of tables. I really like tables. I like to be able to visualize the synoptic problem. I know that's a bit of a strange thing to say on an audio podcast, but more about that in a little bit. One of the other things I did in the New Oxford Bible Commentary piece is I added John's Gospel. It, there's something a little bit artificial about talking about just the synoptic Gospels when John's Gospel is so interesting as well as a comparison. And because I'm writing an academic monograph about John's use of the synoptics at the moment, it was much easier to do that than it was for me back in 2001 because now I know lots more about John's relationship to the synoptics. I also brought in the question of Matthean posteriority into that piece. And this is something that's changed in the, in the environment over the last few years. In, when I wrote The Way Through the Maze, and when I subsequently published a year later The Case Against Q, Matthean posteriority was just not much of a thing. And now Matthean posteriority is the view that Mark's gospel is still first, just as it is on the Farrah theory. But rather than Luke knowing Matthew's gospel, they think that Matthew knew Luke's gospel. And this is associated especially with Rob McEwen, with Ron Huggins, with Alan Garrow. And I've written a piece on that asking, I've written an article on it, asking why not Matthew's use of Luke, which is me attempting from the Farrah theory perspective to say why I think Luke's use of Matthew still makes much better sense of the data than Matthew's use of Luke. So that would definitely go into the book. I think it got one sentence or so, something that Alan Garrow has given me a hard time about ever since. But um, so I definitely throw more in of that. The other thing that I, uh, so, so I, I began this by saying what I was, what I have done in the, in the Gospels in Synopsis piece in, in the New Oxford Bible commentary, didn't I? But, but yes, I'm using this as a way to say that I would also put these things into Way Through the Maze. And the fourth thing that I added in the Oxford Bible commentary piece is I changed the way that I discussed Mark as middle term. And I'll say a bit more about that in a moment, but that's some of the stuff I've actually done already, but it won't see the light of day for a little bit. But the very act of writing that material helped me to think about the whole question of how I would revise my earlier work. But another thing that 
I think I would do in the revised book, in this hypothetical, but perhaps it will become a real book, is I would like to keep the discussion of the Griesbach hypothesis, which is the hypothesis that Mark was the third gospel to be written. But I would downplay it a bit because back in 2001... The Griesbach hypothesis, also known as the two gospel hypothesis, was a really, really important player in the field. It was hugely, it was, it was just really influential. And many discussions of the synoptic problem were between two source theorists and Griesbach hypothesis people. And the Griesbach hypothesis is just so much less popular now. So I think I would frame that differently. But I would still want a really big discussion of mark and priority in the book. So I think the way I would do it, I wouldn't give so much time to Griesbach specifically. So I would keep the discussion of the Griesbach hypothesis in there, but I think I would make it more of a general discussion of mark and priority, because partly what I did is I argued for mark and priority by arguing with adherence of the Griesbach hypothesis. And in fact, in when I wrote The Way Through the Maze, the way I set up Mark and priority was by initially talking about Mark as the middle term. Now, I mentioned this a moment ago. Mark as the middle term is the idea that when you look at the synoptic gospels, Mark is very often a kind of mediating element between Matthew and Luke, some kind of common denominator. And it's a really important piece of the puzzle to grasp if you want to understand the synoptic problem and if you want to go back and look at that you can see a discussion of it in way through through the maze and I also talk about it a bit in the NT pod episodes about the synoptic problem but I've slightly changed my mind about aspects of the of Mark as the middle term in particular I've realized because of reading Delbert Burkett's work and also Werner Karl's work that the case for Mark as the middle term when it comes to verbatim agreement is much weaker than I'd previously realised. I was actually too strongly influenced by the two-source theory in the way that I framed things. Mark as the middle term, when you get to the order of narratives and sayings in Matthew, Mark and Luke, that's correct. That can't be gainsaid. So when I did my Oxford Bible commentary piece, I actually showed how Mark is the middle term much of the time when it comes to the ordering of events. But I completely played down the idea that Mark was also the middle term when it comes to wording. So that would have to have a fresh framing in this new version of the book. I've mentioned that I would do Matthean posteriority as well. I really enjoy talking about that. I've enjoyed the intellectual stimulation that comes from saying, well, okay, could this be right? I don't think it could, but but it, it's really enjoyable discussing it. So I'm enjoying that challenge from my colleagues and friends that have that position. And yes, as well as adding the Gospel of John into the mix, since writing Way Through the Maze, I've published on the Gospel of Thomas. And I would really enjoy having a longer discussion in Way Through the Maze on the Gospel of Thomas in there. So I would throw that in as well, I think. I'm sure I would. I'd have to do that. It's so interesting. So I think all of that means the book would be a bit longer. The original book was only about 40,000 words. But I think if I could expand it to about 60,000 words and incorporate all these things, that would be great. And there'll be one more thing that I would do. One thing that is really interesting these days in discussions of the synoptic problem, and not just the synoptic problem, but other things in gospel study, is looking at how writers wrote This is such an important issue, and it wasn't discussed enough in previous generations of synoptic scholarship, including by me. I have done lots of thinking and lots of research 
about how the Farrah theory in particular looks on the basis of some of the new media realities that we understand better now. And I can't wait to share those with people. In fact, one of the things that I really want to talk about is how ancient scribes worked. And I'm writing a piece at the moment on that topic. And I'm thinking of sharing an aspect of it on this podcast, but it needs to be shared visually, which does bring me to something else that I want to share in this, especially as we're on to episode 100 which is that I'm hoping to release some video episodes of the podcast. It might be a disaster. I'm not abandoning the audio podcast. Don't worry, this is still going to be here. But I'm going to try where visuals are needed to do some visual material. And on that topic, I definitely need some visuals. I want to show you some pictures of some really, really interesting things. And not just on that. I wrote an article uh, a year or two ago about the tomb narratives in the Gospels. I'd like to share a bit more about that. And I would also like to go and what's more, I'd like to go back to one or two older NTPod episodes where I can actually use some visual materials to enhance them. I don't mean like illustrating the old episodes. I'd re-record, you know, stuff. Uh, but but, uh, but where, I want, where I can show you things, I think it actually might, might help. So definitely uh, watch this space uh, for that. Uh, on, on a similar topic, the... Uh, the back catalogue of the NT pod is gradually getting uploaded to YouTube. So for those of you that would rather access this on YouTube, it's there just with a kind of static graphic. And as it's that, that's there, it should be a complete fairly soon. It takes a while to upload them all up there, but that's uh, ongoing at the moment. I've also had requests to make sure that the podcast is available on Spotify and on Amazon and I've done both of those as well so you can now find the podcast there but you've always been able to find it on Apple Podcasts and on anywhere else that good podcasts are found so thank you very much for listening to this 100th episode of the NT Pod and I really hope it won't be a year until <laughs> the next episode in fact I know it won't be because I've already got it recorded and in the can and I'll be releasing it soon it's always a pleasure to have your company you can find me on the web at podacre.blogspot.com or just search on the internet for Mark Godacre's NT Pod thanks a lot for listening bye bye